What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. What's up, you guys? And welcome back to the Do Your Crap podcast. We have a special guest today. For all of you mamas, mamas-to-be, anyone who is interested in having babies, this one is for you. I got so many questions throughout my pregnancy, now being postpartum, breastfeeding, um, and Lizzie, who we have on, she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I think I could add so much value to your listeners. Would you be interested in this? And I was like, 100%, absolutely, yes, let's. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply do it. So with us today, we have Lizzie Bolliger and she is a doula and she's a childbirth educator who empowers expecting moms to have their best pregnancy, birth and postpartum with a balance of mom intuition. Amen. Evidence-based practices and knowing what is physiologically normal. So this is all going to be incredible. You guys, she helps moms prepare for a positive unmedicated birth experience in the most medicalized setting you can birth in the hospital with these, with three hospital births under her belt. She understands the challenges women face, avoiding the cascade of interventions and getting the unique support they need in going unmedicated. And when she's not advocating for birthing people, you can find her making Nespresso's exercising in her living room, homeschooling, or hanging out on Instagram. And you can find her at fierce Lizzie, which we'll chat about at the end too. But oh my heavens, girl, I'm just excited to dig in. So before we go into the meat and like give, answer all the questions, give them all the info, give like, tell us a little bit about your story. What got you super interested in 
birthing and the entire experience and all the things. Totally. So first of all, thank you for having me. I've, I've followed you for a long time, ever since I got introduced to Beachbody, because you just come across as such an intuitive and maternal mom, you know, and I can just see, (laughs) you know, your love for being a mom and your love for motherhood just shines. And so I'm really attracted to that because that's how I I am. And we honestly need so much more of that because motherhood is so dang hard, which I know, you know, (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, So I used to be a teacher. I used to teach public school math. And it's so funny because one year my school was like, hey, we need someone to teach child development. Can can you do that? And I was like, heck yeah, because I've I've always been so interested in childbirth. And I always said like, if I wasn't a teacher, I think I'd be like an L&D nurse or something. Yeah. And so it's just funny because I did teach one semester of child development and I literally taught like childbirth to high schoolers, like, you know, a high school friendly childbirth kind of (laughs) pregnancy education thing. Um, uh, and then when I had my second son and, you know, I took my maternity leave and I tried to go back to work. I basically, I had a mental breakdown. It was like so overwhelming and it was so much, I was trying to figure out pumping and my work schedule and it just, you know, it was, it was so hard. And, and I, you can hear Ellie. Lizzie is breastfeeding her babe right now. So if you hear noise in the background, just embrace it. It's just, it's just the use. So anyways, long story short, that catapulted me into a career change. And it was just so apparent to me that women need more support and more help advocating. Cause I really, really at that point had to advocate for what I needed. And And I wasn't getting it. And if I didn't advocate, I would have still been stuck in this, you know, I hate my life situation. So I left teaching and that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to follow this passion of birth and pregnancy and breastfeeding, and I'm going to become a doula Um, because that's what I really needed. I really needed a doula. So I wanted to just, I'm a helper by nature. I I was a teacher and their helpers and educators and same with beach body coaching. You know, you love to help women. And I just think it's so ingrained in our personality type. So yeah. that's what got me to where I am. And with having so many babies, you know, shortly after I left um, teaching full time, I found out I was pregnant again. And the goal is to be helping women like in person, hands on, but you know, I have young children and so I've kind of switched gears and it kind of fell in line perfectly with things going more digital, right? Yeah. Um, so now I'm doing virtual sessions where I'm able to give that education. So I'm focusing on the education and um, birth prep and breastfeeding Q&A and those sort of things. That is so cool. And what I found, so I love that you advocate for unmedicated births. I will just be the first to say, do how, whatever you need to do mama, like, and you can yes. hear my daughter screaming in the background. You do so, you mama. <laughs> so the first thing that I want you guys to hear before we dig into this, cause Lizzie advocates and educates around unmedicated births, which is what I just did, um, with, oh my gosh, I forgot his name for a second. Yes. That was pathetic. <laughs> with Rev. 
And I also am unmedicated with Brig. And so I, when I, that's what I get the most questions about. So I really wanted her to come on and educate those of you who have those questions. But if you want an epidural girl, get an epidural. (laughs) Like I'm not saying don't do what you want to do and what you feel best about. Absolutely. Um, I, and, and it's first and foremost, like what mom wants. And I yeah. love that listening to your podcast about Rev's first story and you mm-hmm. kind of like pre- previewed each one and how you were just like, you know, no hard and fast rules, but what you needed. And that's yeah. perfect because sometimes we tend to be like, well, it has to be this one way. And it absolutely does not. And every birth is totally different. And I definitely, definitely like to advocate for the unmedicated because I, that's me. And I feel like they tend to be a little under supported, um, yeah. specifically like in the hospital versus like a home birth would be a little more supportive of natural birth, of course, but totally, totally. And that's what, that's what I want to really dig into because I do feel like there's such a gap. There's such a gap in, in wanting to go unmedicated and wanting to do it at the hospital. Cause lots of times, like you said, you'll hear, oh yeah, I'm having my midwife come to the house. I'm doing it at the house. We're having a water birth or we're doing this or whatever. And they're getting the support they need. That's what they want. But it is, there is this gap of, okay, once you get to the hospital, all of a sudden there's pressure and there's like all of these tools and all of these things and, and what they normally do. So let's dig into first, how does a woman even decide what is best for her? Like, how do you even go about that decision? Cause that's huge. Yeah. And and that's one of the first things you want to do when you find out you're pregnant, you really want to figure out, okay, well, where do I, where do I want to give birth? Do I want to do a home birth? Do I want to do a birth center? Do I want to do a hospital birth? And then you really have to look into your options because not everyone has a home birth or a birth center accessible to them for whatever reason or another. Um, and then you kind of want to provide or shop if you can, you know, a lot of times are, if we're reliant on our insurance, which hello, who's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes the options are slim, but like I have a resource list and of questions to ask your provider. And then I also have questions that you should ask yourself, like what is important to you yeah. in childbirth? And it is hard for like a first time mom who doesn't even know the cascade of interventions exists and doesn't even know that 30% of women are having cesareans when that's a huge number of women. Um, so I try to do a lot of that education, like on my Instagram and I'm sharing these things because nobody's (laughs) telling you that. And how how would you know as a first time mom, you wouldn't. It's true. It's so true. So what are some, what are some resources? Like if they wanted to go out first, go to her Instagram. She has so much value there at fierce Lizzie, go find her. Um, but also as far as like books or classes or things, I, I did a birth class with my very first. And then I never did after that. I felt like I was like, all right, I got this. Like we're good, but it was, it was so empowering because you're just like, you just, you don't know what you don't know. So the more you educate yourself, the more you learn, the more you just figure out what your body's going to be going through, the more empowered you feel to make those choices. And that's how I really felt. I read, um, Oh my gosh. And I always forget. I, is it Ina May? I, I say Ina May, but Ina I don't May? know what the right way is to do it. However, but I however you say her name, I-N-A <laughs> May, and then her last name. Yes. And it's, it's, what is it called? Do you know what the book is called? I know I'm I've like, got it in my, my bookshelf. I think it's her Ina May Gaskin's guide to 
childbirth. Natural childbirth. Natural childbirth. Yeah. Something like that. So I read that. that real, uh, really read that before Brig and then I reread it before Rev and just just learning okay knowing how and you guys know how obsessed I am with mindset knowing how to talk to yourself knowing how to think knowing how to reframe the pain of contractions to pressure and intensity and mm-hmm. this is working for me and not this is happening to me like all of those things you guys that's probably my biggest advice is like, that will change the game for you when you enter that, like with that knowledge and with that understanding. So definitely educate yourself. Um, so that's the book that I recommend. Did you have any that you absolutely love on top of that one? I do love that one. And then another one that I really like that it, it's such a balance between knowing what's normal and what your body can do and that education. And then you have to throw in the mindset, but then you also have to throw in like the practical supports. So right. it's, it's kind of, it's a lot. And, um, I'm, I'm creating a birth course right now that kind of encompasses all those things. So you're not having to read five books, you know, because you get everything that you want to get. That's a, that's a lot yeah. of time, but, um, um, but you're totally right that when you have that knowledge and you know what to expect, it's it's the unknown part that makes, you know, the pain and the fear cycle. So when you are afraid and you're having these sensations in your body and you don't know what's happening, that's when your body and your brain tells you, I am in danger and I can't do this. And yes. this is an emergency when it's, it's really, it's not, but when you have that education, you know, what's happening, you know, what the sensations in your body, what they're doing to bring your baby to you and you know what to expect. And, and, and I try, I try really not to say pain when I'm teaching childbirth, but I also want to be real and say like, (laughs) this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. (laughs) So you have to be mentally prepared for that too, that it's a marathon. Yeah, no doubt. And it's like, that's how I had to be too. When I was, when I made the decision to go unmedicated with those two, I'm like, I had to just mentally commit because I knew I would go through the ringer. I knew it would be the hardest thing I'd ever gone through. And unless medically we needed to do something else, I was totally open to that. Like if, if we, if medically it is like needed, then of course, but other than that, I'm not going to just opt out for the pain. I'm not just going to say this is too hard. Like I'm in it. Mm-hmm. And that 100% commitment was so necessary for me. Otherwise you guys, oh my gosh, you would bounce out so quick. You would yeah. just be like, wait, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. Give me all the meds. <laughs> I mean, I still asked for the epidural every single time. I just had enough of the support team that they were like, no, that's, that's not really what you want. You know, yeah. they knew and that's yeah. what is prepping your support team for the birth that you want. Yeah. That's huge. And I told my husband that too. I'm like, don't let me talk. Don't let me talk myself out of it. Like, unless it's necessary, I can do it. I'm strong. Be there with me. You know, um, I love it. Okay. So uh, say, say someone has, oh yeah, yeah, yeah a good resource. I started to say this and then the baby interrupted. Another great book is called the birth partner and it covers more of the like logistical things and great supports that your, your partner can 
um, throw in for you to get. So is that one that your spouse or your partner should read? Yeah. (laughs) If you can get your partner to sit down with a book. Absolutely. I, uh, what I would do is I would read it for myself because it is great information for the birthing person too. Yeah. And then show the important parts to your partner. The Um, ones that like, you're like, okay, let's focus on this. Make sure you're doing this. I love it. Yeah. That one's just a great resource for the whole um, process of labor. Cool. Okay. So once someone has decided I want to go unmedicated, let's talk about pregnancy. Let's talk about how can you feel your best through pregnancy? How can you prepare to give birth? How can you like, I feel like definitely I was so much stronger with my later kids because I worked out throughout the whole pregnancy. I was mindful of what I was eating. Whereas with my Mm -hmm. first, I was just like a free for all. I'm like, I'm pregnant. I'm eating all of the things. I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything. And I do feel like I felt so much better giving birth. And then I recovered so much faster. So is that how it is for everyone? Is that a pretty known, like, what would you recommend through pregnancy? The healthier we are, the easier life is, period. Like in, in and terms everything. of your <laughs> your mental health, your physical health, your sleep, your energy. So of course that that continues in pregnancy. And honestly, we need it more in pregnancy. Pregnancy is really like depleting of your energy levels and your nutrients. And so that is a time that you really need to up your game in terms of taking care of yourself. And I do see a lot of women who become pregnant and they're like, okay, I need to take better care of my body. Cause it's no longer just for me, yeah. but, but it's really something that you need to do before that, because those habits, once they're established are just that much easier to boom, 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 yes. hold up through pregnancy and postpartum. I definitely, I definitely can attest to that for sure. It was like, I feel like lots of people, when they get pregnant too, they get so nervous, like well, what's okay. Mm. What can I do? And it's like, pregnancy is not an injury or an illness. It is literally a superpower. Like you're pregnant. (laughs) Now you get to do even more, just good self-love self-care, move your body, like, and find out what's safe. Let's talk about that. What is safe as far as exercise throughout pregnancy throughout like the different trimesters. So rule of thumb is whatever you are doing before pregnancy, intensity level, style of workout, you can continue to do that. You wouldn't want to do any drastic changes in terms of like upping intensity, which I don't think anyone would do that. (laughs) Right. And then you of course want to like, listen to your body, right? Because you are pregnant now and, and your body is different and your, your center of balance is different. So some of the things that you would want to like, kind of be mindful of in the first trimester um, the first trimester, the problem really is your energy level, but you want to be careful of twisting because your body's full of relaxing and everything's a little looser. So you wouldn't twisting, you want to be mindful of, and same with stretching because you could stretch beyond what would be comfortable because your body is so loose and it's preparing for birth. And then in the second and third trimesters, you want to be careful with putting pressure on your midline. So, um, core work, You can do core work and you should do core work, but you can't do the traditional crunch because it puts too much pressure on that center line of your body. And did you ever, did you ever do the prenatal workouts with Barb Blend with Rev? I loved them. Yeah. 
So she does so great. Elise does so great with um, cueing you and, and telling you, okay, we're in trimester two workouts. These are the things you have to be careful of. Okay, we're in trimester three workouts. These are the things we have to be careful of. So I really, really recommend um, Barberlin, the prenatal workouts and the postpartum ones are great too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. And I love like, listen to your body, you guys. That's probably, that's probably the thing I say more than anything else when I get women that reach out. What workouts did you do throughout pregnancy? I honestly continued to do all of my workouts that I was doing pre and I just listened to my body. So if it starts to be painful, obviously that's not a good thing, but I was like doing pretty high intensity workouts. I was doing, if you're familiar with transform 20, I was doing that when I was 40 weeks pregnant. Like I was just modifying where I needed to. So you guys just, you're not, I don't want you to feel like it's a like I said, like it's an injury, like you can still work on your goals. You can still move your body. You can still get your heart rate up to a safe and you're not going to naturally. I don't think you will push yourself further than you, right? You like, we have that intuition. Yes. yes. We have that. That's mom intuition. And yes. On. And even, you know, you said you wouldn't want to do anything that hurts and you wouldn't want to. But even your body will tell you before sending you a pain signal. Like, for example, it like your uterus just, it, it feels kind of heavy. Yeah. And maybe if this is your third baby, it feels like really heavy on your pelvic floor. And you're going to naturally support that and maybe yeah. pull back on jumping. And, and your body will give you these signals before even signaling pain. Because totally. pain, maybe, maybe you took it a little too far. Right, totally. <laughs> so yeah, just, I mean, really just listen to your body. But I did love because I didn't have the prenatal workouts with any of my other, with my other four. I loved how confident I felt, even though I felt really confident with the other workouts, just because I had been there, done that kind of thing. Like I know what my body can handle. Like we're good. Just, I knew she created the program for me, like for me in that trimester, in that phase of pregnancy, this is the these are the workouts that were going to be optimal for my health, for my, for my muscles, for, for just getting ready for labor, for getting ready for all of the things that were coming up. I felt so empowered in those workouts. So if you're someone who is pregnant and you're like, I don't know what to do. That's what I would recommend starting with hundred percent. Um, they're through beach body on demand. So you can do them digitally and they're incredible. Elise is so incredible. And the way she talks to you too, I'm like, I would finish those workouts just being like, yes. man, I am so freaking awesome right now. Like yeah. I felt so empowered in that stage where sometimes it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm pudgy. I'm changing. I'm slow. I'm lack. I lack energy. And then you, and you step into that workout with her and you just feel like, this is what I'm here on earth to do, to have this baby, to fuel it, to be pregnant. And, and it's just such a cool feeling. So that's, that's definitely one I would recommend for sure. You yeah, used that, didn't you? Yes. Um, I was actually in the test group, so it was so you fun. To- that's awesome. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, the positive affirmations you get from her so good. And if we talk about optimal positioning, so optimal positioning, Positioning is one of the number one things I tell women to do to prep for labor because it'll help you have a faster birth. And, and when you say optimal, optimal position, you're talking about the baby, right? Like, so it's not that, but not just like head down. Like this is like really correct. Okay. So 
everyone is obsessive, which, okay, you do want your baby to be head down. That's very important for having a vaginal birth, but it's more than that. You know, you want to think of posterior versus anterior. So posterior is the sunny side up baby, which if you've ever had a sunny side up baby, or you know a woman that's given unmedicated birth to a sunny side up baby, that it's way more challenging. The pushing stage is longer. You have that back pain um, versus anterior when the baby's facing your spine. Mm -hmm. It's just a better fit for the birth canal and for the baby. So first of all, the baby's head is angled in a way that the crown of the head is presenting through the birth canal. And the crown of the head is the part of the baby's head that molds to fit. Right. So when you have that good positioning of baby, baby can just go through the birth canal that much easier. And then it also has to do with the way the baby's spine is curled and baby can kind of wiggle and help. Um, so not all of it's on mom to, to push the baby out. Um, but generally labor is faster in that pushing stage. And I'm doing air quotes right now because you don't actually have to push during the pushing stage. But, but if you have a sunny side up baby, you really do. It's a lot more effort on the mom. So the interesting thing is if you look up and you research optimal positioning, it, it, there's all these things you can do like pelvic tilt, stretching, and it's everything you do in bar blend every workout. So you're literally prepping your body for optimal positioning. And it's also not just, so optimal positioning one is the positioning of baby, head down baby, but it's also your pelvic anatomy, the, the soft tissue and the bone. So we kind of also talk about chiropractic care is important, but Barbaland also addresses some of that pelvic range of motion and the stretching of those tight muscles, which again, leads to good positioning in your pelvis for baby to get through. And I'll say I had long labors with my first two and my bar blend baby came so fast. Like we were oh, only at the awesome. hospital for an hour. <laughs> so, well, and that's like, that's how it was with Rev too. And I didn't even put, I mean, I did not correlate those things at all. Once I went into labor and everything got rolling it was like an hour and a half. Yes. So that's crazy. I didn't you even had some optimal positioning. Going. Yeah. I didn't even realize how cool. <laughs> I and love it. I don't doubt that it has to do with you being active yeah. and doing the bar blend and just your lifestyle in general. Yeah. Anything you guys can do to make the actual labor and delivery process smooth. I promise it's worth it because that is not the time you want to have it drawn out and taken forever. That is for sure. (laughs) Okay. So I love it. So listen to your body. You can still move. You can still exercise. What about, what would you recommend? What if someone is not exercising at all and then gets pregnant? Is that still okay? They just need to be mindful of not doing too much or what would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely not advise to not start something, but start with things that are more manageable. I mean, even walking is, is great exercise one, good endorphins, good for your mental health. And it's, it's also an activity that promotes optimal positioning. So even if walking is all you can manage, add that in. Um, but I would even say that bar blend is a good place to start because it's so low impact and, and there's lots of areas that you can modify. I mean, a lot of the Beachbody programs are like that too. Like you said, you were doing 
regular programs and just modifying um, as needed for you based on your level and where you were in pregnancy. Yep. Basically how the first trimester, I kind of just continue doing what I'm doing um, when I get pregnant. And then I just listen to my body as far as how it feels and whatever. But I, it's interesting. Cause I always get mamas reach out to say, how are you working out in your first trimester? I have so much I nausea. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much nausea. I have so, I'm so tired. Like, how are you doing this? But I just took it day by day. Like there was days where I, thankfully I'm not one of the women that just gets so, so sick. I did get really nauseous, but it was more like I just had to keep eating bread and carbs. Like that was the thing that helped me feel human. Um, so I just, just give yourself grace. You guys through that first trimester when you're feeling like death and you're like, how do I function right now? Listen, your body will tell you what's okay. And if you need to have some extra toast, you need to have some extra, I mean, like even French fries for me, were like, okay, I need to have like five French fries and then my stomach will feel fine potatoes. I don't know why that first trimester, that's what did it for me. But I did feel with workouts, I honestly felt better after I was done than I would when I was starting. So I knew that. And so even on the days where I did feel nauseous, I'm like, I'm just going to start and just see how it goes. I'm just going to see how it goes. And then sometimes as I was working out, it would alleviate, like the nausea would just go away and I would be able to work out. And sometimes it stayed and I just kind of did what I did and did what I could, but the mental benefits, this is why I continue to show up because I know how I am on the days or periods of time where I'm not working out. I am not the best version of myself. I can tell you that right now. Yes. I am exactly right. Yes. And so even just knowing like, this is just for my mental wellness. I just need to get some endorphins. I need to move my body. I need to do this for me was enough for me to keep showing up. that That takes a lot of the pressure off of doing a workout. Like if you know, I just need to move my body for X minutes so that I feel good um, that can help you motivate you in that first trimester when you're kind of feeling blah. And that's always my advice too. Just like you said, listen to your body, do what feels right. And if that's eating potatoes and not working out, it's, it's only the first trimester. And usually we don't feel that way until like six weeks. And then it starts to level off around 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. That's seven weeks. You know, it's not the end of the world if you totally slack off on what you think you should be doing, um, because right. exactly what your body is telling you is exactly what you need. But I love that you said, you know, just start and see how it goes. That's always my rule when I don't want to work out. It's like, I'm just going to start. And if after five minutes, I still don't want to do it, then I'll stop. And usually, you know, you always want to just keep going. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And two, like, I feel like so much of our kind of mindset around exercise is we're exercising to look good. Like that's such a common thought process. So I understand why when someone gets pregnant and they're like, Oh, heavens, no, I'm not exercising because I know I'm going to be gaining weight. I'm not going to be losing weight. There's no purpose behind it, but there absolutely is. It is not anymore about 
looking good. You guys working out, moving your body, eating, right. Like that's just to feel your best. That's to take care of you from the inside out, mentally, physically, emotionally, the physical transformation that occurs is a positive consequence of just good habits, but that's not the sole purpose. So exercise is something that through your pregnancy, you're not just doing it because you want to maintain your weight or you want to keep the weight gain from taking off or getting too much or whatever. You're literally just doing it because it's the best thing for you to do. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. It's so good for you and for your baby. And it's going to make you feel better. Pregnancy is really like uncomfortable time. And if anything, it's It's going to help you feel more comfortable as your body is changing and your belly is growing. You, you really need that strength totally, and stamina to just be a pregnant person. Yeah. Especially if you have other children that you are tending to, like that is no small feat. Totally. I hundred percent agree with you. Let's talk about nutrition through pregnancy. I know there's I I feel like we're getting a lot better about helping people understand you're not actually eating for two. You don't need to double your portions and eat everything in sight and give yourself like that was, that was my first pregnancy. I'm like, Oh, pregnant, which means I can eat more and I can eat anything because I'm going to be gaining weight anyways. Like that was so my mentality. And I like just took a break for nine months. (laughs) I don't recommend that you guys. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling my next month spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living. This is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have um, your favorite treats and your favorite things. And we'll teach you how to incorporate those. And it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So Go to micafolsomfit.com slash get fit to learn all about it, fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you and we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. I mean, I kind of always have that mentality, just like, just like a little bit, you know, like, oh, I always have a little bit of that for sure. (laughs) Because I'm not trying to like attain any physical goals and really you do need extra calories and extra fat and extra protein when you're pregnant. So, you know, a little bit is okay, but you're absolutely right. Don't want to go off the rails. It's just not, it's not good for your baby. It's not good for you. It's not going to be good for postpartum recovery, you know? So how much, how much would you say you actually do need? Cause you do, I absolutely agree. You do need some extra. So what are kind of the guidelines that they can 
Well, I think if you look it up, it's like you need 300 to 500 extra calories. But again, you know, like I can already tell you are pro intuition. You really have to listen to your intuition. I have a mom who is just telling me, she's like, I am so hungry every single night, every single night, you know, and she's eating well, she's eating, you know, her protein and her veggies and her carbs, but she's starving. And, you know, I was just trying to advise her, if you're hungry, you have, you know, you have to eat more. Your body's asking for more for a reason. Um, and, and our bodies will even crave certain things based on what nutrients we need. And we are definitely being slightly depleted in pregnancy. So it's really important to listen to what your body needs. Like I'm sure potatoes had some thing in it. Like I think potatoes have don't quote me, iodine. I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, but I guarantee you were craving potatoes because you needed something in potatoes. Yeah, like our sure. really common craving is milk in pregnancy because we have an increased need for calcium um, mm-hmm. because we're, we're literally making bones for our baby. <laughs> yeah. And I am a huge advocate of listening to your body with nutrition too. And that's one of the things too, like if you're feeling mm-hmm. at a loss um, and okay, first of all, if you're getting bar blend, you're getting access to beach body on demand. They also have incredible nutrition programs. So if you're someone who's like, I have no idea how to eat healthy, where to start, what's safe for pregnancy, what's safe for breastfeeding and postpartum, both of the nutrition plans that beach body on demand has, when you get access to them, they're both, you can do them through pregnancy and they have modifications that you can do on postpartum while you're breastfeeding and too. So if you're someone who just needs to take the guesswork out, go get access to those. Cause they're incredible. And I use them throughout. Absolutely. And both of them have modifications for pregnancy to add in yeah. the extra calories that you need based on your weight. Right. Because how can we say everybody needs 300 to 500 extra calories? Well, if someone is generally on a 2000 calorie diet versus someone that's on a 3000 calorie diet, you know, it's not one size fits all. So I definitely totally. love those two options. The only thing and I am a portion fix girl. That is my go-to. I love portion fix. But when I'm pregnant, if I'm following the pregnancy guidelines and portions, I just do unlimited fats because healthy fats are so important for baby's brain development. And it's very nutritious if you're having the right healthy fats. Right. And it also helps you feel satisfied and full, which is really important in pregnancy because you, you tend to be so hungry. So that's the only change I do is everything else. I keep the same, but I do unlimited healthy fat. So I could eat like an avocado, like half an avocado at every meal and call that good. And then you're getting calories in too. I love it. And this is perfect example. Listen to your body. Like your body does know what you personally need and nutrition as much as it's great to have the guidelines in the structure, it's not, it's like she said, not a one size fits all and certain foods don't agree with you either because of your body and you, your intolerances and all the things. So just because I say, this is the meal I love for breakfast. And this is the Mm -hmm. meal I love for lunch. Doesn't mean you can go eat the same things and then feel your best because you just don't know if your body's going to respond to that well. And that's why I, I love portion fix, but I'm a two B girl because of that, because I love how empowered I felt just really understanding what foods worked with my body 
and what fruit foods I just didn't really agree with. And I'm like, shoot, I've been eating that for so long, ignoring the bloat, ignoring the gas, ignoring all this stuff, Uh but it totally was like a reoccurring theme. And so that's like, and I incorporate the two as my lifestyle. I'm mindful of portions because Mm -hmm. of portion fix, but follow the principles of to be. I do like to be better for pregnancy because you do get fats at every meal. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like a me- measured out, you know, you can have as many fats as you want. I just, I don't know. I don't know why my brain likes portion fix more. <laughs> no, that's, and that's fine. That's why we have both because everyone yep. needs a little yes. bit of something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I do know that we have lots of coaches and lots of clients that will listen to this. What are your thoughts about Shakeology through pregnancy and while nursing? Okay. So I'm going to, you know, disclaimer, you're supposed to ask your provider, right? If you look at anything that's an, that has an herb in it, anything that has any sort of herb, it's not regulated the same as our food. And every single thing will say not recommended while breastfeeding or pregnant, or ask your doctor if you're breastfeeding or pregnant, if you should do this. And I'm going to tell you right now, your OB most likely knows nothing about nutrition unless they specifically, like they were interested in that and they, they went and learned some more. Maybe if you have a female OB who, you know, did some research for her own pregnancies, but in general, the OB is the expert on your baby being healthy and your uterus and your cervix, and they don't know a lot about nutrition. So when you go and ask them nutrition questions, they tend to generalize it. It's very generalized. So keep that in mind when you ask your provider about including any supplements, Shakeology, Energize. Um, I felt comfortable using them in pregnancy. So that's what I always tell everyone. And, and even, you know, in pregnancy, it's great because it's a good way to get those calories and that protein you need upped protein when you're pregnant. And that's an easy way to get in protein. It's an easy way to get in some dense calories. You know, if you add a bunch of stuff to your shakes and it's a fast meal, if you're busy, you're running around, you don't have time, but you know, you need to prioritize nutrition. Um, I think it's a great option. And Shakeology also has Moringa in it, which is an herb that helps promote um, breast milk production. So I feel like when I drink it while I'm breastfeeding, it increases my supply. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what I found too. I use Shakeology with my last three pregnant through pregnancies and postpartum and definitely produce milk, like a stinking milk cow. So (laughs) it does help a lot. And I do get that question a lot. Like, how are you Mm -hmm. losing the baby weight and keeping your milk supply? Because anytime I start to exercise or anytime I start to change my nutrition, my milk supply drops. And so then they feel stuck because obviously our first priority is to provide food for our baby. But I honestly have Mm -hmm. never, ever had an issue with my milk supply. And a couple of the things I do, or I nurse on demand always, I don't have a schedule. I don't have a time that we follow. We literally, when he wants it, he gets it and he's spoiled. He gets it a lot of the day, but you know what? That's what he needs. So that's one of the things we do. Another thing is I don't restrict my food. Like I follow the nutrition program, but I eat a lot of food. I, I, I joke a lot of the times that I eat like a linebacker because my husband played 
NFL football and he was a linebacker and I literally eat almost as much as him, if not as much, especially when I'm breastfeeding. Yeah. But I can still lose the weight and produce the milk and do the things. And I think it's just making the right choices and not feeling like it's one or the other and I can only do this or whatever. So just once again, listen to your body, (laughs) figure out what works for you and don't feel like you have to be so boxed in with what this book says or what this, this website says, or what this mom on Instagram says. Like, I feel like that's a thing. There's so much pressure on moms that to do only one thing. Yes. And there's so much, it's like information overload. How do I increase my supply? What foods do I need to eat? And really those things that you said is how you have an abundant milk supply. That's it. It's as simple as that. Um, and I also think if we go back to saying, you know, how are you losing the weight so easily um, and quickly, I did air quotes again. I forget that we're on a podcast, <laughs> but Micah, I think that's also because you have those habits down. You're not like changing any habit. You're not starting any new thing that's like regimented and difficult to follow. And then you fall off the wagon. Like if you just made it part of your life. And I think that's why it comes so easily to you. And so that's, you know, just another reason to get started on these habits before you're pregnant and it's going to help you get pregnant. Like, boom, so fast. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. And let's chat about that for a second, because I feel like there's also a huge misconception and so much stress and I don't even know just about like what they expect as far as losing the baby weight. And I will say 100%, I don't feel back to quote unquote normal or my strength is back. My skin kind of tightens up again. I lose the baby weight for like literally you guys like eight or nine months, like a long time postpartum. And this is being consistent, like right around, I start working around, I start working out right around four weeks. That's when my body feels like, okay, I'm good. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm done bleeding. I'm recovering. I've healed. Now I can start gradually working into it. So from four weeks to about eight or nine, and then for the rest of forever, I'm working out daily. I'm fueling my body with proper nutrition. I have those simple habits, drinking lots of water, and it still takes that long. So don't rush the process. You guys postpartum, there's a whole entire fourth trimester that literally nobody talks about. Like nobody talks about the fourth trimester and allowing your body to heal and recover and resting and what your body's going through that is all a really important process as well. And especially for your mentality, just understand it took nine, 10 months to make this miracle baby. It's probably going to take nine, 10 months for you to feel like yourself again. You know, did you find that like kind of similar? Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, and I don't, just like you said that you don't limit your food. So a lot of moms are, asking how to eat to lose weight. And, you know, you don't even want to think about that until six weeks, you know, and then you can kind of think about, okay, maybe I'll rein it in a little bit on the junk food or the carbs and make sure I'm getting my good foods in. So you don't, like you said, you don't want to stress about it. You just want to make it part of your normal routine. And 
And yeah, it takes a long time. So even as someone like you who worked out before, you know, before you were pregnant in really great shape while you're pregnant, staying with those habits, and it's still taking you eight to nine months, almost a year to feel normal physically. Um, and, and I, and I think that you're like on, you would have a faster recovery than like a normal person who doesn't do all those things. Right. And so think of being someone who maybe didn't exercise pre-pregnancy as much or didn't exercise in pregnancy. It's going to take you a little longer to recover. So I'm eight months postpartum and I'm, like you said, starting to get to that point where I can do all the ab exercises now. And it was so hard up until it's like, it's like when you get the hiccups, you know, and you're like, well, we did the hiccups stop. Like you don't realize it. (laughs) It was like that with my core. So like, it's like my core, it literally felt like it was torn apart. Like anytime I would exercise, it would be so sore and literally feels like it was ripped. Like it feels, and it was, it's exactly why it feels like that. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, Oh, I'm doing these core moves and it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't feel so sore. And I definitely don't even have all my core strength back, but it's, you know, we're on the mend and my body is like healed. And it took eight months of consistently working out every single day and eating the right foods and all of those things. Yeah, definitely don't rush it and don't get frustrated. You guys like just you, I like to call it. I just like to say, embrace the season, like, and even through pregnancy, postpartum, your body's changing. You look different. You're gaining weight. My, my face gets chubby. Like I, I gain weight in my face. You feel fluffy. Of course, you're not like feeling your sexiest self, but at the same time, you have this gorgeous belly and your boobs are probably way bigger. And like, just embrace the changes, just embrace what's going on. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Don't, don't Mm -hmm. try and compare to, Oh, but I used to look like this. Like those are all so debilitating and won't allow you to just fully enjoy this beautiful, beautiful experience that you're having. And you'll have the rest of forever to quote unquote, get your body back, which I hate that because (laughs) you never get your body back. You're just getting the next version of your body and you're going to take care of it. And just so many shifts that I wish it took me five pregnancies and five babies to really work through all of this stuff. So I didn't have all of this together after the first one. That's pretty right. And it's harder after the first one because those changes are a big deal. And once you're having your second and third and you, and you see that it really is a season and it's not forever, you can appreciate it more. So you can appreciate your belly and your new set of boobs and the curves, (laughs) and maybe you get a booty and, and feel, you know, beautiful. I think pregnant women are so beautiful. And even this postpartum, even with my like little loose, like soft belly, I still felt so beautiful and I loved it. And I just think, like you said, you have to honor that season. Yeah. I also totally. liked it with my postpartum belly. Cause I didn't have the loose skin, <laughs> but even that, you know? Yep. No, I know. And it's like, and you always think you're the only one that has it. And you see these quote, those Instagram moms that like walk out of the hospital 
skinny and you're like, how, what, what, how did that just happen? But just don't worry about it. Who knows? But they're probably wearing high-waisted leggings and it's sucked in there and it's fine because no matter what, there's something going on that you're not seeing. So we always, this is just a reminder for every woman because we do it. We compare our worst to their best that we're seeing. And then we, then we feel less than, so just don't even play that game. Like not even worth it. Just embrace it. Give yourself grace, love yourself through it. I, I think, and I do, I feel it's, I feel beautiful. I feel like, I feel just, I think understanding the miracle that's happening within me. I'm like, I am this home for this miracle. Like, and you just feel, I don't know. It makes me emotional because I wish that every woman could feel that because I get the messages so often from women who are not feeling that way. And it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it really is. It's, it is the closest thing to a miracle you will ever experience as a living being. And, and we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves through it on all of the things, our physical appearance, our nutrition, how much we're exercising. Like you're literally creating a mirror. You're creating life. And it's just, it's amazing. Amazing. It is. So true. So true. So while yes, all of these things will help you feel your best, will help you feel good. Do not beat yourself up for one second. If you're not doing those things right now, or if you haven't done those things in the past or whatever, Mm -hmm. just like I said, grace through it all, like just give yourself grace through it all and And show up and do the best you can. And I, and I feel like that's even in pregnancy. Yes. And then you talk about the fourth trimester and I feel like it's the fifth trimester. That's actually the hardest. And, and, and we're, we're like, wait, what, what's the fifth trimester? So when you're in your fourth trimester, we tend to have a little more grace with, okay, I'm supposed to be resting and I'm still healing. Like I can barely walk up the stairs. Um, so we tend to give ourselves a lot of grace. And then we hit that fifth trimester baby's three months. Maybe baby is sleeping better. Baby's eating less. And you're like, I'm getting my life back. And then right. you're like, still really hard and really challenging and you still have an infant. So you have to continue to, you know, have realistic expectations for yourself as a human, like you're, you're, you're only human. You're not a super mom. Michael, people probably look at you and think you're a super mom and you're like, no, I just, I'm just doing every day (laughs) as it comes, you know? Yes. That is so true. So true. Um, I want to, before we wrap it up, I do want to hit really quickly on, cause I feel like this is where kind of the biggest gap is. So someone wants to go unmedicated at the hospital. How can mm-hmm. someone create the environment, create the experience, make sure that the people who are supporting her understand what she wants? Like what are, what's the process of navigating that and making sure that she's set up to have what she wants as far as her experience goes. Okay. Yes. This is so important. So the first thing, and we already talked about optimal positioning is getting that in your daily habits. And I actually have a checklist for this and Micah, you can link to it in the show notes um, that goes over all these things that I'm saying right now. So you can like print it out and have it in front of you. But first thing is 
we want to be working on optimal positioning. And that's sometimes overlooked because it's like, I'm 20 weeks pregnant, I'm 30 weeks pregnant, and labor seems so far off. But it's that optimal positioning that's going to help you have that faster, quicker labor is going, you're going to be more likely to have a successful unmedicated labor. The longer you're in the hospital, the more chances you have to um, have a medical intervention. And and, in just the more worn out you're going to be, and you're going to start to lose your stamina, right? So that's number one is optimal positioning. And then we talk about like, what supports do you need? So you need to get into a birth course. And I recommend one specifically for going unmedicated and even better for going unmedicated in a hospital, because we kind of touched on this before, but when you want to go unmedicated, I feel like all the prep for going unmedicated is geared towards the home birthers and the birth centers. And nobody's addressing these things that happen in a hospital that aren't supportive of physiological birth. So nobody's saying like, okay, yeah, but when you go into the hospital and they want to speed up your labor, if you're before six centimeters, your labor doesn't need to speed up because labor hasn't even kick started yet and early labor is slow but nobody tells you that so how, how do you know you know so you really need to make sure your birth education includes how to get through a hospital birth unmedicated so you need the education you also need to immerse yourself in some positive birth stories to get your, your mindset going yes. so i have a, a physiological birth immersion kit And it's like all these things, all these resources that you can watch or listen to or read to really get your mind going on, okay, birth is normal. My body's made to do this. You know, it's intense, but it's bringing my baby to me. And it really helps to just make normal birth normal because so so often in the media and in the movies and in the mom's groups, you're hearing all these horror stories of, oh, I'm just going to get the epidural as soon as I have my first contraction. And those are not helpful. I really think women get a lot of their birth knowledge from the women that they surround themselves with. So like whatever you're hearing from your mom or your aunt or your sister or your grandma is how you believe in birth. And if you're hearing Mm -hmm. horror stories, it's going to be more difficult for you to have that good mindset. So we want to work on your mindset. And then you also want to work on your support team. So make sure you have a provider that is going to be supportive. You're asking them those questions. You can even go online and look up their like rates of cesareans well by by hospital you can look up by hospital those are things you want to know before you commit if you can switch providers sometimes we don't we don't have a lot of um flexibility in that but have no fear because you know the power to birth is is inside of you it has nothing to do with your provider has nothing to do with the four walls that are around you i mean you know the 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 provider comes in and is like oh I catch the baby and that's it. You know, (laughs) you're doing everything. It doesn't matter where you are, but on your support team, you want to consider having a a provider that's supportive of your natural birth. And then who's going to be with you in in the hospital. So you want to train up your partner. They need to know what your plan is and why you want to go unmedicated. It is a tall order 
for the person that loves you more than anything in the world to see you do the most difficult thing you'll ever do in your life. And, you know, men tend to be our, our, our saviors, right? They, they want to save us from the hurt and from the pain. And ooh, I don't like to say pain, but they want to <laughs> help you and they want to save you. And, and you need to equip them with the tools to do that unmedicated because otherwise yeah. all they know is I want to take the pain away. You know, yes, I want you to have an epidural when you, when you ask for it. Right. So yeah. we really need to be having these conversations with our partners beforehand. And it's not just the Pitocin and the epidural. There's a lot of things that are happening in the hospital that you need to know, like the true risks and benefits of before going in so that you can have, so you can know the interventions that you're not going to stand for and know the ones that you're going to have a little more flexibility on. Because of course, like you said, it's always, as long as everyone is healthy and safe, you know, yeah. medical interventions are so important um, for those emergencies, but most of the time birth is not an emergency. Right. And then of course you could also consider hiring a doula. A doula is like, it, you're having that birth expert there with you. And it relieves some of that pressure off your partner because the doula will also support your partner. So this is another good thing to talk about with your partner. Um, I hear sometimes husbands, men are a little resistant to hiring doulas because their doulas are pricey, but you know, they're, they're so valuable. They're so valuable for the birthing person, but also for the partner and knowing what to do to help the birthing person. Yeah. I can attest to that hundred percent. So I thankfully ha was working with a midwife and we had the plan that she was going to be there for some of the laboring and things to help. But since things went so fast, she was totally gone the whole time. So it was me and JD and we had an awesome nurse, but I did just like Lizzie said, I read through Ina May or Ina May, however you say her name, I read through her book and she had so many helpful tips and things and for the partner. And I would highlight them and I would say, babe, let's read this together. This is something that would be so helpful to remind me when I'm in that, or like when you're in transition and that is when you're like, yeah. holy crap, I want to be anywhere else than in my body right now. Like, <laughs> oh my heavens, that's the best way that I can describe it. I'm like, yeah. hey, when I'm in that space, babe. These are the things that you can remind me. These are the things that you can do. These are the things that you can yes. tell me to help me feel yes. powerful. And, and it does, it's so helpful. And it is just like she was saying, your partner is seeing you in this pain, feeling so helpless. Like I can't take this away from her. I can't alleviate any of this, but there are things that they can do to help you stay strong through mm -hmm. those. And there's absolutely like there is there is such a need for a strong support system. So make sure that you're having those conversations beforehand. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're prepping them. Make sure that their head is in the game, just like yeah. yours is going to be, because that is huge, huge to help you get through all of the laboring and all this stuff. Yeah. And just like you said, there, there's actually a ton of stuff your partner can do. It's just a matter of them knowing. So one of the yeah. things that I have in my birth course is a printable. That's like a cheat sheet for the partner. And it's oh, like, okay, perfect. If your partner is feeling X, Y, Z, here are some things that you can do because 
it it's a lot even for like a, a doula who's trained to have all these things in the top of their head and usually yeah. doulas bring along a cheat sheet um so obviously you know you can't expect that your partner is going to have all that down and they've they've never experienced giving birth before most likely um yeah. so you definitely have to have some some supports for them to support you i love it okay so let's help our listeners where can they access your resources where can they obviously they can find you at fierce lizzie where do they get your free resources and the things that are going to help them and even if they want to work with you or do some of your stuff Perfect. So if my website is just my name, lizzieballiger.com, if you go to slash links, that has all my free resources right there on top. And then if you keep scrolling, it has navigation for anything else you could want to work with me, or if you want to get into my birth course or anything like that. All in one. Okay. lizzieballiger.com slash links has all the goods. Yes. Okay. Awesome. You guys. All right. I love this. I could chat about delivery and birth and babies just all the time. No, me too. I love the it. The most miraculous <laughs> thing on earth, in my opinion. And I just love it so much. And I, and I want women to know what a miracle it is while they're going through mm-hmm. it and not look back and yeah. be like, oh, shoot. Now I see. Now I understand. Now I realize because it, it might be a one and done. It might be, you right. have one, you have one baby and this is your one chance. And, and then after the fact, you're like, shoot, I wish I would have known these things. I wish I would have understood this better. So share this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With your sisters, with your friends, with your mama friends, like get this message out so that they feel empowered in this miraculous season that they're in. And I will definitely be using this as a resource to, for so many women who reach out with questions and things, because this was awesome. And I'm so grateful that you spent time to just give us so much value. Yeah, this was great. I really enjoyed being birthy and talking about birth for the last hour. I love it. It's the best. Well, you guys, if you found anything super helpful or you want to share something with your mama friends, make sure that you share it on Instagram and your stories, tag Lizzie, tag me at Mike of Wholesome Fit. 
Um, I just hope you mamas know what a blessing you are. Your babies love you. You're doing amazing. You are here because they chose you. Don't ever forget that. If you feel less than, if you feel like you're failing, you are exactly what you need to be, who you need to be for your sweet babies. And just go into each day knowing that you are exactly meant to be this way for them. All right. Because I feel like so many people just struggle. Oh, motherhood, you guys. It's no joke, but it's the absolute greatest blessing on earth. So Lizzie, thanks for hanging out. And if you guys have any questions, I'm sure she would be happy for you guys to reach out to her specifically. Cool. Yeah. Pop into my DMs. If you have any questions, I, like I said, I, you know, just like Micah, I just love helping you guys and giving you guys what you need. I love it. So don't hesitate to reach out to her as well. All right. We will see you back here next week. Bye you guys. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around before you head out. I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me. If you left this podcast, a quick review, wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.